Welcome, everyone, to the Pool Nation Live podcast. I'm your host, Edgar DeJesus, and yes, I am the reigning champion of Marco Polo, along with John J.J. Flawless, the fastest netter in the West, and the famous Zach, the pool boy Nicholas. Today, we continue our conversation on setting goals, and we go into part two of part three. I want to welcome everyone to our live podcast, the podcast where it's all pool talk, and we ain't talking about netting and jetting or splashing and dashing. We're talking about becoming a nation of pool pros. And yes, we will talk about the latest products, trends, and training in the pool industry. But before we get started today, I want to thank our sponsors for this podcast, the Ultimate Pool Tools, the SPPA, Blu-ray XL, Aquastar Pool Products, Natural Chemistry, Raypack, and our friends at Heritage Pool Supply. We want to thank them for their continued support. Mr. Zacharias, I know you've had a little bit of a rough morning this morning, but let's talk about that. Yeah. So we woke up in the middle of the night and you could just hear water running like in the bathtub, like someone was filling it up and it was our hot water valve or whatever. You turn on and off, it's leaking and it's running at like, you know, if you opened it up 25% or so and there's steam coming up and it's been leaking slightly for a long time and I haven't addressed it. And now today it's forcing me to go ahead and take care of that. But it has been the biggest crap show all morning trying to figure it out and it's still in progress so once we're done here i'm gonna head home and work on that some more so did i hear you say that you stopped it is that what you did that you procrastinated on it yeah there was a little bit of procrastination and hopefully leslie's not on here because she has some comments about this thank god you're a pool guy right because as a pool guy you're a plumber right you're an electrician you're all that that's an easy fix for you you should be able to jump in there and take care of that right you know, there might be a reason I'm in the office mostly. And I was talking to Edgar this morning. He said the same thing. He said, if you can't fix this, it's so easy. You shouldn't be doing pools. And we started thinking most home repairs that I've tried to take a stab at have ended very unsuccessfully. So maybe that's my sign that I, I shouldn't be doing pools anymore. So this one, I'm going to get it. I think at this point with the cost of everything, I think I have to get this one. So... I have my total thoughts on this. I'm just trying not to. <laughs> I'm not trying to go into this one. So I took it easy on him, but you, you, little, you did. Yeah. Come on, John. Don't let me you down. Know, I just, bro. Everything, everything works full circle here, right? We talk about <laughs> strength based organizations, right? And we need to focus on people's strengths, not their weaknesses. And I think, Zach, you have encompassed that theory. You completely understand it. And that's what you've done with the pool boys. And that's why you have. Jay, you got Justin to be able to handle certain portions of it and focus on his strengths and he's well aware of it and he does it. And you, as far as like the structure portion of it, the hiring, the HR division, the office work, that's your gig. That is a strength-based organization at finest right there. I need to call Justin, have him come out and fix it for me. Right. For real. I was surprised that you didn't. Like, why didn't you have just... Because here's the thing, Zach called me and he was a little bit stressed about it. And I'm like, bro, that's such an easy fix. That one I get is easy. John, I'm assuming, John, you've replaced those valves, right? They're a piece of cake. I haven't replaced one. You haven't had to replace I had, I'm sure if it went bad, I'd be able to, I'd figure it out and be able to replace it. I'm pretty John, I am not kidding you. I swear, it's just like a push-pull valve. It's the exact same. So what happens is you have a push-pull valve, the O-ring gets stuck, Right. And then when you go to pull it out, what happens? It's really hard, right? Like you have to like, finally it comes out. Well, those valves, you take off the handle and then all it is is the valve and the valve has an O-ring. So the O-ring goes bad. So to pull it out, it's sometimes pinched or something. it's pinched. Yeah. 
And so the water's leaking and it's a bear to pull out. But it is true. It feels sometimes like you're going to rip that thing through the wall, right? Because the pipe has a flex to it. But once you get it out and you obviously grab the other one and put the lube, it slides right on in. Boop, you put the cover, you put the handle back on and you're good to go. So I had to tease Zach. I'm like, bro, if you can't fix this, you need to get out of the pool business. Because Are we going to place bets on whether I get this done or not or I end up? You're going to get back home and Leslie going to have fixed it already. Well, that's the thing. She's like, it's easy. I'll just do this and this. I'm like, I don't know anything about this. <laughs> she gets back and boom, they're all fixed. So, Mr. Flawless, good morning. How you doing? I'm doing well. I'm a little tired today. Man, it's a, like on a roller coaster. I don't know what the hell's wrong with me. And I'm literally just chalking it up to old age because as far as how I feel physically, it is a roller coaster. I don't know what it is, but I'll have to figure that out. But mentally, I'm doing good. Life is good. Business is great. Pools have been flawless, pun intended. It's been an absolute dream being a pool guy the last month for sure. And I've been talking about it every single week, but I'm like a kid in a candy store. And I'm like, dude, this is what it's all about right here. And it feels good to actually have all your pools pretty much on cruise control. And that's where we're at right now. And we're loving it. All of us, we're all loving it. And we're getting a lot of work done, tons of repairs done, buku tile blasts done. It's been nonstop pumps, heaters, automation, salt systems, trouble. And I love that kind of stuff. So that makes me happy. Maybe that's why I'm tired because there's a lot of that going. I don't know. Something is keeping me from having the same energy level that I've had before, but I refuse to get old. I can't wrap my head around me being old. You desensitize yourself with 47 cappuccinos from that <laughs> new machine every day. That might be it. I don't know. five-hour energy. What? Yeah. You bring up a great point, brother, because I have cut down on five. I Actually, I don't even drink five-hour energies anymore. Nice. I don't, but I still drink C4s or I'll drink Monsters or I'll drink G Fuel or I'll drink pre-workout like two or three times a day. And I'm not working out, right? You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> You know, and then I got the cappuccinos and the Americanos and the lattes that I've been drinking. But I think that's what's changed. I think maybe I'm having like a crash now or something's going on where before, who knows? I'll figure it out. Hey, want to give a big shout out out here to everybody that's joining us live. By the way, let me backtrack a little bit. Let me come back here. Mr. Benny Romero, big shout out to you. By the way, we're expecting pictures of that install that you were doing with the three pumps and the tiny little rooms. Come on, let's get to it. We need some of those pictures. We need closure is what Zach and I were saying. It was like, you can't, he posts a picture of the empty space and then he doesn't bring closure into our lives and we can't sleep. So there you go. Hey, John, Mr. Bill Kent, big shout out to you. He's saying, get used to the idea. You haven't seen anything yet. Bill Kent at 81. <laughs> so big shout out to you, Bill. If I make it to 81, I will feel very accomplished. Hey, Bill, I will tell you what, I will be surprised if John makes it to 81. Yeah, there's not a man in my family on my father's side that has made it past 60 years old. You guys only have me for a little bit of time. Oh, man. Here's the good thing, John, is I'm already past that 50. So I think if we go, we'll go around the same time, which will be good. We're good. So anyway, it's a big, huge shout out out here. And Leaf is on here. Pick up. He goes to pick up I needed while serving my pools during this chilly morning. Big shout out to you out there. Did Leslie tell you to fix that before it exploded? Zach, confess. What? Did, did, oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's been like a year. It's been like a year? 
Yeah, it was like a drip at first, right? You know what? And then you d- you it stopped it. for a while, so I figured we were good. Yeah, typical guy, right? It stopped, so we're good, right? Like the engine getting, light went back off, so we're good. We're good. I'm getting some smoke detector vibes <laughs> from you. <laughs> That's absolutely awesome. So big shout out to you out there, Lee. Jason is saying, thankfully, it was not a water heater. Absolutely. Ed Conde, what's going on? Big shout out to you out there. Keep in mind that Delta and others do warranty the cartridge free for life. So was it a Delta or not? It doesn't look like a Delta. I don't know. No, it doesn't look like a Delta. Okay, so that's enough. It's Southwest. (laughs) American Airlines. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Oh, poor Zach. Anyways, think of it as a stuck to e-filter backwash valve. Jason is saying large pliers sideways against a four by four to pry out. Best of luck. Ooh, that's a good one. Leslie's in here now. Leslie, shame on him for waiting a year is what John was saying. He should have known better. So anyways, and then by the way, John, Jason is saying, I can't even pronounce the first one in magnesium will will help with the feeling old. You can, you know what, here, I'm going to put it on the screen for you. There you go. So whatever that is that he's talking about, you can put it on there and and that'll solve your getting old. Big shout out to Mr. Bill Kent. Thanks for jumping on. Jay Brakefield, good morning. So big shout out. And then Janie is telling me to bite my tongue. Uh Uh-oh. Uh-oh. I think I might've taken it too far, John. Oh, dude. You, you <laughs> with, Leslie, Janie, right? with Leslie, yeah. If Janie tells me to shut up, I know I've heard that oh, up. Dude, that is like the marker. If you get, get Janie to say something or correct you, then you've gone really, overboard. Right. You've really gone right. overboard. It's funny because Leanne and I were talking about that the other day because we I don't remember what we were talking about. And Janie said something to me. And she's like, oh, if Janie said something to you, you're in trouble, dude. You're like screwed up big time. For real, right? I mean, yeah, she's such an angel. She's just always happy and doesn't say anything. That's how she can deal with me. Imagine. Absolutely. So good morning, JD. Big shout out to you. Thanks for keeping me in check. And that's what I always need. I always really appreciate those people that keep me in check. Eric from the Western show called me up one day and let me have it for some stuff that I did that I wasn't supposed to do. And Janie, because you need those people in your corner to keep you in check. So thank you, Janie. Leslie is saying, yeah, and it's my fault now. You know what, Zach? It's your fault, bro. 100%. I got Leslie's back on this one. Leslie, I got your back. This is his fault. 100%. Don't let him say anything else. (laughs) Maria from Ensenada Pools. Good morning. Big shout out to you out there. And to our boy, Benny is saying, how's my morning going so far? I'm on Red Bull number two. So he's on Red Bull number two. Big shout out to everybody that's joining us live and watching. Want to continue our conversation here. So let's get through some housekeeping notes because we've got to start this podcast, guys. We've already been 15 minutes. We've been goofing off already. So want to talk about some housekeeping notes. March 1st and 2nd, we are going to be having a boot camp, which we're going to talk about here in just a second at the Heritage Pool Supply in McKinney, Texas. March 26th and 27th, we'll be at the Western Pool and Spa Show in Long Beach. May 17th, we are going to be having a specialized heater boot camp 201 at Ray Pack headquarters in Oxnard, California. And then November 15th, 16th, and 17th, we're going to be doing an expo out there to do our three-day boot camp, right? So we're going to be doing the business. We're going to be doing the hands-on. We're going to be doing all those other things out there. A big shout out to Bill out here. Bill is heading out to the airport. Thank you so much, Bill. Thanks for your support out there. 
Thanks for everything that you guys do with your company and with Every Child is a Swimmer. We're big, huge fans. So big shout out to you. Have a good trip out there. And then we're going to be doing a financial business class that's going to be coming soon. And then we have a PCTI class that John's going to be doing here pretty soon. We're going to talk about that. So before we jump in and start talking about, John didn't know, is that what you're doing, John? You're like, I didn't know about that. No, I know we've been talking about it guy for two years. And now I finally put it. I said, that's one of our goals. I should have bit my tongue. Guys, I do want to talk a little bit about the boot camp that we're doing at Heritage. We are... This is cool. Yeah. So we're going to do something. Let me backtrack. We've been working on the Pool Nation boot camps for a little while, and we, we have a big picture of what we want that to look like and what that is going to be at the end, right? And so this is perfect for us because we're setting goals. We're setting the strategy of what we're going to do. And so one of the things that we started doing with the boot camps is we started doing some trainings and some of those trainings were online. And then the other thing that we did is we brought the water chemistry, the industry classes into it and the hands-on. And so one of the things that we've been talking all along is about the business aspect of it, right? Kind of what we talk about all the time, one of our biggest focus. And so at this boot camp, we are now going to officially bring in that part of the business boot camp. So when we go do the boot camp at Heritage, we are going to have a business side to the boot camp, and then we're going to have kind of what we call the pool tech side of the boot camp. So we are going to be having almost two boot camps in one. So for those business owners that come, so an example, Zach comes, he can take all the business classes. If he brings some of his pool techs, he could put the pool techs to go take the industry classes, but they'll all be able to do the hands-on classes. Zach, John, and I have been talking about this for a while, and we've been working on the curriculum, trying to figure out what are the core classes that we're going to start with, and how are we going to be able to break those down and put them into series 101, 201s. And so after going back and forth for, I don't know, probably like the last six months, trying to figure out what those classes were going to be, we finalized that. So we want to talk about that a little bit. And the first class that we're going to do is navigating success and lessons and insights learned in pool service entrepreneurship. Did I say that right? Is it entrepreneurship or entrepreneurship? What is it? Well, they're both You're correct. Getting better at that. I remember I'm getting the better? first time you said entrepreneur, however you pronounce it, you found the way to butcher entrepreneur. I, I called know. it entrepreneur, yeah, right? Yeah, that's what you used to say. Entrepreneur. Entrepreneur. Enter. Entrepreneur. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> So anyways, the first class that we want to do is, and we're going to have Eugene from Prestige come out and teach this class, really building your business to go from zero pools to a thousand pools. What are some of the things, what are some of the roadblocks, what are some of the key foundational things that you need to have in your business to be able to create that successful business? And so... I'm really excited about that class because it's really the foundation, right? That we'll start with regards to the business side of it. And not only that, once we get through the other classes and you start, I mean, you briefly did it first, but what I'm really excited about is when we first started, we had business has always been our thing, right? Was there's more to being successful. You can be the greatest technician in the world. You can be the, a badass pool cleaner, right? And you can be a complete chemistry whiz and know everything about everything, but that unfortunately isn't enough to run a successful business. It is a key portion of it, or for most, it's what can take you from good to great, but it won't impact the numbers. You have to understand 
business, period. Financials and P&Ls and expenses and how to manage money and how to manage people and that kind of stuff. So we did our business financial course, which I think was a good beginning to opening up everybody's eyes to saying, hey, look, as a small business owner, there's a lot more that's involved in order for you to be successful. And here's some of the foundation that you need to understand so that you can start building a great company. But what we're getting into this at this boot camp is next level. And it's more, and this is what I really enjoy geek out. You can, the stuff about the financials, all that stuff can be looked up online. All that stuff is you learn in school, right? This really isn't very difficult to understand numbers, right? This is what something costs. This is what I buy it. This is what I sell it for. This is how much I make after I, I sell it. Here's taxes, here's expenses, here's labor cost, whatever it may be. It's really simple, right? It's just a formula you follow and you have to stick to it. And then you go from there. This stuff is more of the psychological and more of the emotional aspect of business ownership. And this is the really tough part. This is human interaction and understanding how people work and how to hire people, how to fire people, how to motivate people to do well for you because money is a strong motivator, but it is not the most important for a lot of people. You can pay somebody a, a ton of money to do something, but if they don't feel happy or they're not content or they don't feel wanted or they don't feel good or don't feel appreciated or respected at their job, that money or that paycheck is only going to last so long before something gives, right? So I'm super stoked about this boot camp and what we're going to be teaching. And if there is anyone where I can really put my hand down and say, hey, look, this is a must be at, don't miss this. If you're truly serious about growing your business or developing the best team possible for your pool service company. Yeah, absolutely. Go ahead, Zach. And I'm right there with you. And it's, uh, there are a lot of people, or I wouldn't even say a lot of people, there are people out there that this stuff is just natural to them. They are able to relate with people. They are able to be great leaders and do these things. But for a lot of people, this is the unnatural things, but the very important things that you need to lead a successful company. And like John said, like people are the most important thing in growing a successful company. And if you can get some tools and some tips and some things that you can take back and implement and start working on being able to better relate, better engage, better lead, this stuff is very important. And it's stuff that once you learn it and it starts to, as Edgar says, you flex that muscle, you start utilizing these things, becomes more natural. And this is a lot of the fun things like this, is the relationship building and getting the buy-in from your team on whatever it is that you're trying to accomplish. So I'm right there with John. And I think that if you can attend this and you're trying to become a better leader, I think this will be a great opportunity. Yes. Absolutely. Some of the other classes that we're going to be doing, I guess I should have read the, all the classes that we're going to do and we could talk about those, but obviously the navigating success lessons and insights in pool service entrepreneurship, recruitment 101, understanding the hiring process. And we're going to do that at a 101 level, right? In Dallas, when we come back in November, we're going to do a 201 series on hiring. We're going to be doing a building your future goal setting fundamentals. And obviously our podcast right now, we're talking about setting goals, but there's really a skill to doing that and there's proper steps to doing that. So we're gonna hit those fundamentals. And one that I'm super, super excited about is really the influence and persuasion. 
And this is going to be, believe it or not, a four-hour course that we're going to be doing. And it really focuses on influence and persuasion and how it applies to everything, how it applies to your customers, to your employees, to all these different business relationships that you have. And so as we go through, it's broken down. It's not just this, oh, how do you influence people? But there's a step-by-step process into being able to use influence and use persuasion. And we'll talk about the six steps of persuasion, right? And we'll get into those. And obviously, a lot of influence has to do, an example, you can influence somebody by authority. So if you're a boss, you automatically have that influence. But there's also different things. There's also influence by liking. So if people like you, you have an influence over those people. There's another one, which is you talk about commitment and consistency. That's another. You create that level of persuasion and influence over people because you are consistent. So it's really this really big breakdown into all of them. What's great about this one is actually going to be one of those classes that we talk about that by the end, when you leave, we're going to talk about one of your strengths on persuasion, and we're going to talk about one of your weaknesses. And then what we do is we actually have a goal that you have to put in place, and there's an action step. So when you leave, you actually have a goal in place. You have a plan in place of how you're going to go use what you learned, right? And you'll pick an example. It could be work. It could be an employee. It could be customers. It could be another business-to-business relationship, right? But how are you going to use what you learned in that situation? And so by the time that you leave with a roadmap. This by far is a life skill. The power of persuasion can be applied to literally anything in life. And if you can master it, it's pretty amazing how things end up turning to your favor, right? Or you can actually direct or almost in my people or puppeteer things to your liking because being able to talk to people correctly or finding a way to land a message appropriately based off of somebody's personality is so critical in order to get that job done as a business owner, as a leader, as a manager, as a coach, however you want to, whatever you want to call yourself. Or you can apply it to your wife, to your children, to your family, to however it may be, but it's true. There's more than one way of approaching something and how you go about saying it and how you go about convincing somebody in order to do something for you and how you go about it determines how they feel and how great of a job they're going to do when doing it. Like, hey, I need you to do this or somebody screwed up. You can approach it in multiple different ways. You can call them an idiot and say, man, you screwed up or da 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 Or somebody sucks at doing something or somebody is having a problem with attendance or whatever it may be. And you can tell them, hey, look, if you come in late one more time, you're fired. But then you don't take the time to figure out why they were late or what the problem was. Or if you have a sit down conversation with somebody, and this is what we used to do all the time, especially during like performance reviews. And we would sit and we would turn the tables and say, hey, look, what do you think your weaknesses are? What do you think your strengths are? If you were in my position, what would you do? What do you think a fair consequence would be if you didn't da-da-da-da-da? And let them come up with the idea and stuff like that. And then that creates accountability. And it's all about how you approach things and how you make somebody feel I've been told that I've talked to some people that can literally rip you apart into shreds, but you walk away wondering, I don't know if he complimented him. I don't know if it's a good, what the hell just happened? You know what I mean? But 
I know I screwed up somehow and I don't want to ever do that again, but I don't know if he's mad at me or not. And it's all about approach and how people can communicate effectively with you. And the power of persuasion is probably one of the greatest tools you can have as a business owner, because that's what we're doing. We're selling wares, we're selling services, we're selling our company to our employees, we're selling That's all we're doing. And you need to be able to cajole. You need to be able to persuade people to spend their money with you when there's a sea of other companies that they can choose from. And we do that through branding. We do it through our presentation. We do it through our uniforms, through our trucks, through our employees, through how we groom ourselves, how we speak. All that plays a form in persuasion. And I cannot wait for that class. And I think anybody who takes it is going to walk away with a big aha moment and say, hey, look, I'm going to learn to be a better boss or a better manager, and I'm going to be able to persuade better so that I can be more successful. And it's nothing wrong with that. It's not lying. Persuasion isn't lying to people. I don't want people to think, oh, you were going to try to trick people into doing things. No. Nope. Persuasion is just help people. It's a skill set. It is a skill set. It's a skill set. You have to know how to use it, what the value of it is, and how you're going to put it into play into, and like you're saying, into employees and business and relationship. So excited, excited about those. So again, those classes are going to be navigating success, lessons, and insights in pool service entrepreneurship. Entrepreneur. (laughs) I did that on purpose. Entrepreneurship. (laughs) Recruitment 101, understanding the hiring process, building your future, goal setting fundamentals and influence and persuasion. And so that's going to be the first series of the business classes that we do. Everybody listening, every boot camp is going to build on top of the other, especially for those people that are going to be here in Dallas take that 101 when you go to Dallas. When you come back to Dallas in November, there's going to be a 201 series to that type of boot camp. So anyway, stay tuned. At the beginning of January, we will talk about registration. We'll talk about all that good stuff that's coming up. We're working on the website right now and getting all those information out here. Let's see, looking to expand here in Ottawa, Canada. Somewhat successful, looking for growth, especially in today's economic climate. Where can we sign up for these? So big, huge shout out to you, Jason. We're going to have a registration probably open about the second week of January. We will be posting it. I'll make sure that I reshare that over on LinkedIn. And by the way, thank you for listening all the way from Ottawa, Canada. Big shout out to all those friends of ours up there. So big shout out. Stay tuned. And we will announce that. And that's going to be at the corporate headquarters of Heritage Pool Supply, which, by the way, if you haven't been, their facilities are freaking awesome. I love that space. I love being able to go there and do the classes. We are going to have the hands-on classes there. We'll have the industry classes. We'll have the water chemistry. We'll have the borate salt systems, UV, ozone, pumps, all that kind of stuff, but we'll have a new addition to it. So anyways, guys, we did it again. Last week, I was so proud. We jumped into the podcast at 14 minutes and I look up at the time and we've been talking for about 33 minutes. So yeah, but this time is good because we're introducing new courses in the classes and I'm really excited. And I think people are going to get sick and tired of hearing about this and we're going to keep talking about it because this is next level stuff, folks. Yeah. Yeah. This is the type of stuff that you don't find anywhere else. These are professional people that are going to be teaching this that have experience doing it and that teach hundreds and thousands of people this topic. And it's like the unkept or it's like the unknown thing. It's not something you can just find anywhere. And it's almost, to be honest, it's a privilege to be able to be a part of something like this and to learn this type of skill. 
because it's not taught very often and very frequently. Usually these types of skills are taught like big fortune 500 companies where they pay hundreds of thousands of dollars for research to create these courses and classes to teach their top tier management on how to effectively manage employees and to be able to get this information and to use it as a small business owner is pretty cool. So if you have the opportunity to go out there and do it and take it, I would definitely jump on it. You will not be disappointed. This is pure gold. And by the way, the person that's actually going to be training this class is actually a corporate trainer. And she does training for... This is her life, yeah, right? Yeah. And, and she's just absolutely amazing. And we're super thrilled to be able to have her come and do some of these trainings for us that we've been wanting to put out there, that big level type of education. Anyways, guys, let's do this. Our conversation, quick questions. Are these classes for business owners or could a manager or lead benefit from those classes? So Christopher, this is really what we want to do is anything from a manager up to an owner. So these are skill sets. And when we do the trainings, that's our goal. Our goal is to really be able to if a business owner comes and they have a manager, these would be classes that they would be able to take as well. So to answer your question, yes, these are good classes for managers that would benefit from that. I got to say, I disagree on that, Edgar. And I would literally say that this is for anybody really that wants to improve their life. True. So forget about whether you're a manager or not. We're talking about human interaction. And it doesn't matter if you manage or own a business, you have to deal with people in life and kids and children and your spouse and friends. Unless you are a hermit and you are in your room and you don't get out and talk to anybody, then you're probably not listening to this podcast or you're not in the pole industry. But if you interact with people or human beings, then this is definitely a class that will help better you so that you're better prepared to deal with society or how to work things in your favor and how to not manipulate, but how you can persuade people. Zach, um, you and I need to take it so that we can persuade John. To shut up sometimes and not talk. <laughs> huh? We need to influence him somehow so that when we go, hey, can we go to eat at this restaurant? We have to be able to persuade him because you know how he is with his food. He's like, no, nope, not going there. Here's where we're going. So we have to be able to persuade 47 him. 47 <laughs> minutes of Google searching and reading reviews and calling him. I am bad at that. But we always eat good. We always eat good. No, no, no. No, we always eat good. I'm just saying, but... It's funny. I'll sit there in the car and I'll find like what I think is good stuff. And John's reaction is, is funny because he doesn't want to tell me it's crap, right? But he won't respond. He won't say, oh yeah. He'll just be like, oh, so what about this one? I found." So he's just like, only, but you know what? Because of your consistency and everything being so good, you have an influence over us because you always pick really good stuff. So He's the authority. Yeah. Hey, big, huge shout out over here. Jason Curry, big shout out. Christopher Parra, shout out to you. Our Guys from West Hick, from West Hicks. God, I'm messing that up. I'm calling him by name, but the team from off the deep end pool service, they're all having some lunch and listening to the podcast. So big shout out to everybody out there. We're excited that you guys are joining us. So gentlemen, I think what we should do is we should take a quick break. And then when we come back, we should jump into the podcast. So last week we talked about setting goals. We talked about some of the reasons that you should be setting goals. So you can go back to last week's podcast, listen to those reasons. When we come back, what we're going to do is we're going to jump right away into the different areas of your business where you can actually set goals. And we'll give some of the examples of 
what you should be setting for your business. So let's take a word from our sponsors, Zach, John, everybody, we'll be right back. The Hyperpole from Ultimate Pool Tools is a pool care pole designed by pool professionals for pool professionals, featuring precision-crafted carbon fiber and stainless steel construction. Go to ultimatepooltools.com or Instagram at ultimatepooltools. Pool pros have specific needs when it comes to general liability insurance. The SPPA program has you covered. With three tailored and customizable general liability options, SPPA makes it easy for pool pros to feel secure. Find out more and get covered at the SPPA.com. Now available, Pool Invoice. Pool Invoice is a pool billing software created specifically for the pool service and repair industry. It's developed for our industry and only our industry. Pool Invoice is built with reoccurring billing in mind. You can print, email, text invoices, or even send via WhatsApp. You can add reoccurring or yearly charges, accept credits, and set up auto pay. You can even see when customers have seen the invoice. It even has a customer portal where they can log in and see, print, and pay invoices. It has all your customers' information on one page, so you don't need to search through hundreds of invoices looking for the one you need. Just go to the customer profile and it's all at your fingertips. Created specifically for the pool industry, Pool Invoice. Now available at PoolInvoice.com. Blu-ray XL is the power of minerals working for you. Reduce your overall chemical costs and labor up to 50% guaranteed. Whether you have 20 accounts or 20,000, Blu-ray XL's direct pricing and free shipping to the pool trade have you covered. Improving pool professionals' profit and work-life balance is what they do. Blu-ray XL, the real mineral purifier. Visit them at BluRayXL.com. Blu-ray all day. Aquastar's new pipeline cartridge filters, available in two sizes, deliver top-notch hydraulic efficiency along with best-in-class filtration performance, approaching that of DE filters. Uniquely designed, open pleat spacing means 100% of the media square footage is usable. And these claims are backed by NSF test results. Designed with the pro's time and comfort in mind, the patented double-locking system improves safety and ease of access, making filter cleaners faster than ever before. Available now. Ask your supplier for pipeline filters today. Natural Chemistry, a leader in specialty water care solutions for over 30 years, is proud to provide products that make pool service easier than ever before. Its unique enzyme formulations in Pro Series Pro Blend improve efficiency of your pool program while reducing frequency of filter cleaning and scum lines. Natural Chemistry is also well known for its wide variety of phosphate removal solutions that include a non-clouding formula in phosphory and extremely high range removal with Pro Series Foss Remove or Foss Free Max. Save time, save money, save work with Pro Series products. 
Stop sacrificing durability or efficiency with the help of Raypack's new Avia HD models that utilize NITEC, their exclusive industry-first technology. NITEC Heat Exchanger Technology is Raypack's latest solution to superior strength and maximum efficiency when it comes to residential pool heating. With 900% more nickel compared to Cooper Nickel in critical surfaces, NITEC creates an ideal surface to protect against scale formation and erosion without compromising on Avia's 84% thermal efficiency. Learn more at raypack.com slash nitech. Welcome back, everybody, to the Pool Nation live podcast. There's Mr. JJ coming back. He's just messing with us today. So we are talking about setting goals part two. So we talked about some of the things at the boot camp that we're actually going to be doing at the Heritage Pool Supply headquarters out here March 1st and March 2nd. Just to do a quick recap, we're going to be having some business classes there on top of the boot camp with all the industry classes, with all the hands-on classes that we're going to be doing. And so we're going to be doing navigating success, lessons and insights in pool service, entrepreneurship, recruitment, 101, understanding the hiring process, building your future, goal setting fundamentals, and influence and persuasion. So stay tuned. We'll have that registration out probably mid-January. Gentlemen, I think it's time to jump into our podcast and continue our conversation with regards to goals. But before we do that, I want to give a couple of shout outs to some people that have jumped on. So Michael is back after today. I'm all caught up for the week. It's been a long one. Yes, it has. Joseph and Rebecca Moore. Big shout out to both of you out there where you guys located. And our boy Todd from Todd Pool Service. Big shout out to your brother. I need to talk to Todd. He was moving out to Arizona. I don't know if he made that move or not. So anyways, so big shout out to all you guys out there listening live. So now let's jump into what are some of the goals? Last week, we talked about the importance of setting goals for your business strategy wise. So let's talk about what are some of the goals or the areas where you can set some goals for your business, right? We talk about strategy. We talk about setting those goals. And John, I think I'm going to throw the first one over to you and, and let you start us off with the first one. Yeah. So the first one that we have is revenue growth, right? And the reason why we picked that as the first one is it's pretty much the primary goal for every business is to grow revenue. Companies might set specific targets for revenue increases, either through expanding current markets, entering new markets, or launching new products and services. And I want to stress when we talk about revenue growth and pump the brakes a little bit and maybe change direction. When most people think of revenue growth, it's the first thing that comes to mind when you ask nine out of 10 guys or gals is, okay, more accounts. And ultimately, yes, if that's your goal that you want to expand and grow and add on more accounts, before you do that, I challenge you. And again, I'm, I'll sound like a broken record, but there is so much opportunity for the majority of us to grow our revenue without increasing clients, right? Without adding clients to our portfolio. And what I mean by that is you, at any time, you can go back into a pad, right? And you can look at what are your opportunities with your current client base and how do I maximize revenue growth with the customers and clients that I currently have? And that doesn't only mean like rate raising, which is a part of it, right? To make sure you raise your rates accordingly so that you're being compensated correctly for the services that you're offering. But 
what are the opportunities inside the pad that you can do, whether it's upgrading systems, offering new technologies, whether it's doing repairs that need to be done, how to make a system more efficient. There's so many things you can add onto your current client base to increase revenue that a lot of us miss or don't feel comfortable doing. So I think that's the first portion of revenue growth, right? Before you go into expanding and bringing on new clients, make sure you're maximizing the dollar amount per customer that you have and that you're squeezing all the juice out of that lemon or whatever you want to call it, that you're getting as much as you possibly can out of it. And that helps in two ways. One, because it creates a foundation or an understanding, or it teaches you how to properly manage an account so that when you do take on new clients, right now, instead of having to go back and fix 200 pools and get them all in line, now you've already had that hundred pools that you currently have or 50 pools and you went back and now you figured out a way to maximize and to get rid of the dead weight to do, remember the top three, bottom three accounts that we've talked about, stuff like that, and maximize every dollar you can from them. So then now you're armed with an SOP or you're armed with a process that when you take on new clients, that you now everything you take, everything you've learned from them that you apply currently, and then now you apply it to them. So you're continuing to grow in the right direction. And then the third portion of it is now, after you've already done that, right. And you got your house in order is what I like to call it. Keep your house in order and keep it running a well-oiled machine and you're ready to expand. You can expand one of two ways. You can either add more clients onto your portfolio, or you can expand your services. And we talked about this on Wednesday at the Instagram live and the opportunities for a pool service professional in that backyard is pretty much endless. You can. When, if you're a good pool service company and you have trust and built a relationship with your client, at least with us and how it is, you're almost like family, right? They completely trust you in everything that you do because you do such a great job in the backyard and you take care of them. Naturally, they're going to want to trust you to perform other tasks if you're capable of doing it. And it comes back, John, we're talking about it, the influence and the persuasion, right? 100%. You're just delivering on that. And so you have that. That's why it's so important too, because it's part of building that trust with the client. And if you don't have that ability, able to interact with humans effectively, then this is a very tough pill to swallow, or it's a very big mountain to climb because you don't have that trust with them. So it's hard for you to expand services and to get them to trust you to do other things in their house. We were saying on Wednesday with, you know, Dean and what he's done with the back end, so I see an opportunity. And here's another service that I'm able to provide in addition to what we do and create another revenue stream for us. But I want to cautious everybody, you don't do those things until you do what you do primarily well. You have to do it well. Yes. Otherwise, you're just creating more chaos and you're creating more problems for yourself. But the possibilities are endless in what you can do and how much money you can make. And you can make money either by, like I said, and I'm going to go over it, either maximizing your current portfolio or the clients that you currently have, which all of us, I'm sure, have the opportunity to be able to get more money from them to grow your business by adding more clients or more accounts to your portfolio, or three, expanding your business by offering more services in, to your clients in that backyard, whatever it may be. 
So this is a big one here, and I know we're going to get into more detail into it later on and in different podcasts, but this is something that I think is probably one of the most important parts of setting goals, right? Because that's the whole purpose of setting a goal, really, when it comes down to business. It's finding a way to make more money, be more profitable. I think it's the number one goal that people would look like. That's why we started with it. Everybody goes. It is, but I think a lot of times people are very misguided when it comes down to it. And they're putting all their effort into something that is not as effective if they were to take a step back and see how they can like I said, maximize what they currently have before they go out and start to just bring on new business because they're just going to create headaches for themselves. Then I think I have a good kind of example of what we're doing currently to maximize on our current opportunities. Because like you said, the first thing you latch onto when you think revenue growth is more than what I already have. What's next? What am I not? Who are the people I haven't even spoken to yet? And I've talked to you guys. I was looking through our estimates. It's winter. I'm going through things. I'm like, man, there's a lot of larger estimates that we haven't closed on. And I started thinking like we put more fuel on the fire, more advertising, more marketing. But if we're not doing a good job of closing on these estimates, then there's no point to obtaining that next customer. And we started looking at it. We started having conversations here. And for last December, we had a decent December, and I'm talking specifically equipment repair and installation. And we started talking about what can we do this year to beat last year? And we sat down and we had a conversation amongst us. And first thing we did was we established the number. What's the goal? What do we want to hit for this December? And then we factored in, okay, we're closed the week of Christmas. So we have to account for that. We're closed on these weekends. And what we did was we established a daily number for the month of December on what we need to hit. And then we broke it down to how are we going to hit that daily number? And there were things, and we've talked about COVID and how sales processes have changed because everyone was just like, sign me up. When can you get it done? Estimates approved. So we started talking about what were we doing previously to really close these estimates? And I think there were some simple things. And one of them is we used to always make sure we were prepared with the amount of the estimate, the amount of the deposit, and the day that we could get it completed before even approaching the customer So that when we had that conversation and said, this is how much it'll be, here's the deposit, and we can get this done on Thursday, or we can get this done tomorrow if you're ready. And just having that information ready, it just seemed to capture people a lot more in the moment. And they're like, all right, great, set it up. How do I take care of the deposit? That's one example. A better stocking of the van, getting back to, okay, if we can get a first-time completion, they're more likely to move forward with that repair. If we're like, hey, we can get this done right now, they're more likely to be like, let's go ahead and do it. What things can we get on the van? What things are we missing on the van? And just really taking a look at that. And so these are just some of the things that we started working on. We put these goals in place, and then it helps us make decisions. If we're short on a daily goal, and it's three in the afternoon, do we pick up one more job? Will this next job, can we go finish this repair? Can we go finish this install? What do we need to do to actually hit that target? And then on the flip side, if we smash out a day and we do amazing and we kill the goal, then does the averaging out put us in line with our overall monthly target? So if we didn't have these goals in place, then we're just operating day to day and we have no clue of what we're actually trying to accomplish or what we're actually trying to hit. Were you going to say something, John? No, that's exactly it. I agree 100%. 
And I want to talk really quick about, obviously, because the number one thing that people do when they talk about setting goals is really revenue, right? Everybody wants to make more money. And I think some of the fundamental things that you need to understand when you're going to set those goals is to think a little bit about what kind of John was saying. But There's this mindset in business that when you're going to set goals for revenue, that there's two steps that you should really do. And one is, before you do that, focus on the quality of your service. Make sure that the quality of the service that you are delivering is the best that it could be because you're going to go through the processes. You're going to fix all that process side. The quality is going to go up. The profit will go up from that quality, right? And people tend to think that if they sell more, they'll make more money. And that's not always the case. Most of the time, it's been proven that companies make more money by delivering a quality product or a quality service because they can charge more. And that in turn gives you a bigger profit. And then two, once you do that, once you focus on the quality of that service and delivering a quality product, a quality service, charging for that quality service, charging for that quality product, then you focus on that revenue generation, right? Then once you have that dialed in, then where are other areas of revenue generation that you can bring in? And then what's going to happen is that's going to be the steps of success at everything that you do, right? So if, if at everything that you do, you focus first on the quality and you deliver a premium service and you can charge that top dollar, when you go and move into your next revenue generation, you're going to copy that blueprint. You're going to be doing that. And that's going to allow you to be a lot more profitable. It's not just about, I want to go make 10,000 more dollars, 10 million more dollars. I just want to pick up 10,000 more pools. Focus on the quality of that service first, deliver that quality because you'll definitely make more money from that. So the next one we have is cost reduction and it goes hand in hand. We talk about increasing margins and one way to do that is increasing revenue and setting goals around that and then decreasing our costs and setting goals around that. And I've talked about this tons of times and how important it is to do what I call an expense audit. And I've talked about different ways that I do these things, but that's super important to really go through that and have an understanding of that. And once you have a clear understanding of what your expenses are and how much you're spending in all the different areas of your business, you can start to work on finding areas where your costs can be reduced. And if you're just operating day to day and your goal is to grow revenues, you might be spending a lot more than necessary to try to chase that revenue when you could be trimming costs on the back end. And like Edgar was saying, it's important that you aren't reducing costs that are going to compromise your quality of service because that quality of service is what you're able to charge more for. And this is where you start to come up with ideas and ways to streamline your operations, improve your services, tighten your routes, negotiate better deals or whatever it may be. But if you don't understand what your costs are, then you can't put these goals in place to try to reduce them. So they go hand in hand, right? One and two. And who cares? Let's be honest. Without number two or without understanding number two and margins and profit, what's the point of revenue? Who gives a shit if you have a thousand accounts? Who cares if you pulled in $5 million last year? What are your profit margins and what's the bottom line, right? NOP or NOPAT, net operating profit after taxes, right? That is the bottom line number. There is no other number that really matters at the end of the day. And what am I making at the end of the year, at the end of the day, at the end of the month, at the end of the quarter, at the end of the whatever you want to call it, 
after everything's been paid, all said and done, what am I bringing in and is it worth it? Because you can sell a million dollars. I'd rather sell a hundred thousand dollars worth of items at 50% margin than a million dollars worth of items at 5% margin. You have to understand that just because you're bringing in more money, it's not necessarily a good thing. You need to understand or like what Edgar was saying is you have to be able to provide value or you have to be able to offer something better than most so that you can capitalize on what you charge for it and charge a premium for it so that you can make the most out of it respectfully. Nobody's saying to rip anybody off, but what you need to do is you need to make sure that the numbers or when you are acquiring new customers or when you are selling a product that it is at a predetermined price, not just something you throw out or you just put out on a wall just because, oh, hey, I might've gotten this item for a hundred bucks. Uh, okay, I'm going to sell it to them for $105, you know what I mean? Or $110. No, how the hell are you going to possibly do that? You know, you buying it at $100. How are you going to sell it for $110? It just makes zero sense. You are giving it to them. It makes no sense. You need to come up with a predetermined profit margin that you need to, and it takes work to do. But I promise you, once you get to that point and when you have a number that you need to stick by, it makes things so much easier. And every time you add a dollar, you're gaining X amount and you add a dollar, you're gaining X amount to a certain degree. And it comes down to like monthly pool service. We say the same thing too. I don't care how big the pool is. I don't care if it's a spa, if it's a fountain, if it's a spool, I don't care what it is. There is a minimum dollar amount that we charge to go into a backyard, to be there once a week. It doesn't matter. I don't care if there's a neighbor across the street that we service or four homes in that community that we, it doesn't matter. I look at it like if I need to take and pay an employee to go out there in a truck with the uniform to pay for gas, to pay for the equipment, to pay for the worker's comp insurance, to pay for my general liability insurance, right? To pay for everything that we possibly do, our upkeep, right? Everything that we need, there's a dollar amount that I have to come up with. And then what I pay my employee, and this is what I need to bring home, this is my minimum. And then from there, we move up from there, right? Based off of additional time needed to service the property. Maybe if it's a little bit further than what the average drive is, whatever it may be, if there's multiple bodies of water, et cetera, et cetera. But those are the things you have to take into consideration because if you start setting goals for one and you don't have two under control when it comes down to understanding cost then you're flying blind. You can actually be working against yourself. Somebody's landscaper is, is pouring leaves into the pool. I think John's landscaper is going <laughs> into your pool. So when you go back out there, you're going to be like, oh, my pools are great. And you get to your home pool and it's like full of leaves and dirt at the bottom. Well, they were supposed to be here Wednesday. <laughs> but again, here it is. You just decide to show up whenever they want to show up. What's that? didgeridoo it sounds like some dude on a mountain i was tripping out over here trying to figure out what was going on <laughs> so yeah and i think one of the things so for example when you talk about cost reduction cost reduction is important right it's something that you have to do in, in your business when we were in hotels we were required by department to go back and look at our cost of everything once a year it was an exercise that we did around that budget time that we were working on things it was going back looking at your cost, going back to the vendors, trying to find out if there was a better price out there from another company and doing that once a year because 
how many times have you not gone out there? And this has happened to me, even just with your car insurance, right? You have your car insurance and it goes up and it goes up and it goes up. And all of a sudden you go back and you shop it and you're like, what the heck? Like all of a sudden there's just so many other offerings that are cheaper, but we don't, we get into that mode, that, that mindset that it's there. We don't go back and we don't check it. So it's really important to really look at cost reduction once a year. But I think it's very important. Like Zach said, don't be cheap to where it's going to affect that quality of service. Because if you are doing a quality high level service and all of a sudden you're dropping that, that's going to have an impact that will go into the next one that we want to talk about. And the next one that we want to talk about is obviously customer satisfaction and customer retention. And setting goals here is a little bit more tricky because in order to achieve this, you have a little bit of homework that you need to do. Because in our industry, it's like, how do we know what the customer satisfaction is? We assume that because we talk to people and people say, hey, John, you did a good job. Zach, you did a good job, whatever it is, that's good customer service. But in reality, it's not. And so the first thing that you have to do is you have to get the customer data. And in order to do that, there's only one way to do that. And that is you have to put together, whether it's a little survey or a little questionnaire, and you have to go out there and you have to ask your customers. And one of my thought processes, and, and I tell this to a lot of people, is when I go ask for, for feedback, a lot of times people are afraid to give you the negative feedback, right? Because they're worried about whether they're going to hurt your feelings or the confrontation. So one of the things that I always tell people is, don't worry about telling me about what I do good. Tell me what I need to fix, right? And, and I try to open up that door so that they feel comfortable of, hey, they'll always tell you what you did well, right? But it gives them the opportunity to be like, now that you're asking for the feedback, here's what I think you should do different. And then it creates that, that conversation. You can't be one of those that you get your feeling hurt over somebody that tells you that you do a bad thing because then it, it breaks the whole logic of what you're trying to do. But customer satisfaction is huge. And, and if you have a very large route, I would do a little bit of a survey and send it out to your customers and find out what some of the pain points are that you do in your business. And it could be, I don't know, it could be that you think that your guys are doing a great job and some of the people might say, hey, this pool guy, every time that he comes, he parks across the grass in the thing and you have you know, no idea. And it might be something simple like that. But in order for you to be able to set goals on customer satisfaction, you have to have the data, which is going to require some homework to do. But to do things and set goals, you could do simple things. We talk about it all the time, the low-hanging fruit, right? What's your response time to those phone calls? One of the things that was very big for me when I was in hotels is I had for the front desk staff, we manage all the complaints. It was a requirement to close a complaint within 48 hours. So as soon as we got something, it could have been a comment card, it could have been a call from somebody, it could have been a complaint. It was a 48 hour requirement and it was automatically whoever got, whatever manager supervisor got that complaint, it was now their job to find out what happened, to do the legwork, to contact the customer and to fix that in a way that really allowed the customer to be happy with the outcome of that situation, right? So it could be simple things like that you put into play in your business where, Zach, the customer calls and complains, hey, within 48 hours, we're going to have this open, investigated, and closed, right? That's going to create a customer satisfaction for your customer because they're going to know, hey, 
if I have a problem, I know that the pool boys is going to close that, is going to get to that right away. It's not going to be three weeks before somebody calls me back. So really focus on creating some goals. It, it could be customer satisfaction, could be setting a goal, hey, answering the phone within three rings, right? It, it, it could be simple things like that don't require a lot of legwork, but those little things will have a big impact on those. So you can create those goals on getting back to the customers, closing the complaints, answering the phones, setting those standards. I think something important here too is that getting that feedback and that getting that hard factual data, whether positive or negative, because you can find a lot of things when you go through and you read what things are people are finding positive about you, whether that's communication, always answering the phone or whatnot. But that's important data to have. So you're not operating off of assumptions because a lot of times we assume like it's this or that people love about us, but maybe it's not. Maybe it's something much different than what you're thinking. But then once you have that, then you can truly build those goals off of that because you want to make sure you're not building goals and allocating resources to something that is way off the mark of what you should actually be doing. So I think I agree. I love having that feedback. I like the negative in most cases because then that's an opportunity for us to improve somewhere. And I'll tell you what, you bring up a good point. So one of the things that we used to do in the hotel is each team member had a requirement with regards to how many common cards they needed to get the guests to fill out when they were leaving or when they were checking out, right? Because we never used to get any. And it was like, you know what? Let's set a goal. We need to get, man, we have so many checkouts. We have a 500-room hotel, and we're not getting the feedback from these customers. So what we did is we did this little plan where if based on the number of common cards that they got, they would get a little extra bonus. So guess what they did every time they were going to check out the customer and they would put, they would open the comment card, put a pen there and say, Mr. Flawless, while I check you out, do you have a couple minutes to be able to fill out this comment card? And most people would then at that point, grab the pen and do it while the person is checking them out. And one of the feedback, and so what we used to do is I would take those comment cards every morning and we'd have our normal meeting with the GM and we'd sit down, we'd go over financials, we'd go over the comment card feedback. Believe it or not, one of the common things that used to come up on the comment cards was that people hated the fact that when they, and, and you're, by the way, this is something that you're going to see now and you're not going to be able to unsee, but their biggest complaint was when they were coming to check in, that the agent would go, hi, are you checking in? And people would be like, well, what do you think I'm here for? But people thought that was something that was almost like insulting, like almost like you really, you're trying, but in reality, you're not trying. You're not going, hi, how are you? How may I help you? Or how it was, it was always like, hi, are you? And it was robotic. Hi, are you checking in? And you would see most people's faces like, ah, oh, to me, we talk about that and we go, well, that's probably not a big deal. But guess what? To a traveler that's checking into a whole bunch of hotels all the time, the last thing that they want to hear when they show up in a front desk is, hi, are you checking in? No, I just drove out of nowhere here to come over and say hi to you. I'm leaving, right? Like that makes sense. So a lot of times, like you're saying, Zach, you assume certain information, but when you ask for information, then so then that became a no. That for us was like, you're not allowed to ask people if they are you checking in. Like it was more of good evening. How are you? How may I help you? Welcome doing all, all that type of stuff. So a lot of times we think that it's blatant that we know what it is when in reality we don't. hundred percent. I'm one of those guys that get, that get irritated from that. I don't like it. Of course, that's what I'm here for. <laughs> right. Drives me crazy. Really? Why true. am I wasting? I got to waste my breath 
answering a stupid question right now. So no, I, I, I get that. But yeah, it'd be simple. Hey, how can I help you today? What can yeah, I do? Yeah. How are you? Yeah. Great to, yes, exactly. Yeah. But again, that's the power of persuasion and these types of things, right? You have to, it's understanding people and just their psychology. And, and like what you talked about, it's funny. If you set a goal and you wanted to, like those common cards, and that's so perfect. You set a goal, you attach something to it. And it's amazing how you see people turn around and go, oh, okay, I can make this work. And this is how I can get them to do more of it. You know what I mean? Without being bossy or whatever, but I can, if this is what I need to do, I and, and this is the goal I need to focus on it. Yeah. I'll get as many, I'll, I'm going to get as many common cards as I want. Cause I want to get that prize at the end of the. Yeah. Yeah. And they would do their incentives and they had two different types of incentives. For sure. That's brilliant. Common cards were a huge one. And all of a sudden we're getting a thousand common cards a month to be able to go. And here's the funny thing. Here's how everything plays into everything. When I took over as director of front office, we had a cluster of hotels that we would all be scored around the same things, right? Within that comment card, we would be, be scored and Hilton as a company scored us. And so we were at the bottom of the leaderboard out of our cluster of hotels. And this one has a big significance for me because I was trying to get promoted. And one of the competing, one of the GMs that was at one of our other properties thought that I was too young and I really didn't have the skill set to be the director of front office. And he was at a corporate level and didn't want me to get promoted because he just thought, here's a young guy. He's a good worker, but there's nothing to this guy. He's not the smartest. He's just not very smart is what his thing was. And anyway, so he left, he became GM, he became competitor in our set. And so here's what happened, guys. We start collecting almost a thousand comment cards a month right off the bat as I come in and I'm like, we're going to get that feedback. We're going to go through it. We're going to use those. And then all of a sudden what we did is very simple. We set goals based on that feedback. Within 60 days, we were the number one hotel with customer satisfaction within that group. And let me tell you, and, and let me tell you, it was so good because I knew his director of front office and this guy was uber competitive. And he would come to me and he would say, Edgar, man, you're killing me because he's so competitive. I'm in trouble all the time because within two months, you guys have been able to just like completely crush it. And now you lead our cluster of hotels within customer satisfaction. What are you doing? And it was like, dude, here's the recipe. You get the comment cards, you set goals off of those comment cards on how to fix those things. And then next thing you're leading the pack. It's like come up with a plan, right? And go straight to the horse's mouth, figure out you're trying to make your customers happy and your customers first step is to understand and know what their problems are, right? And you're never going to, you can assume or think from your level what their problems might be, but 99 out of a hundred times, you have no frigging clue what their issues are and point proven, like what you said about the simple greeting, right? But if you put goals and you focus on that and now you get you get that feedback from the people that you're that you're serving, and then they tell you what they need. As long as you do what they say, then it's natural. Right. The customer satisfaction is there. Now, let me tell you another example that, that we did that we never even thought about, and this is when we started changing things. A big complaint was people that would say that our pillows were crap. And it wasn't that our pillows were crap. It was that we wouldn't offer down feather pillows. Everybody has a different preference in a pillow, right? John's preference is different than mine. My daughters like to sleep with those really thin pillows. They drive me completely crazy. I can't stand those freaking pillows. And so we were trying to figure out what is it with the pillows? Do we need to buy new pillows? No, what we needed to do is we needed in the rooms to give people the variety of the pillows so that they would be able to find the pillow. 
And dude, I'm telling you, right off the bat, we went back, we bought some different pillows. We had a variety of the pillows in the thing and boom, complaint gone. And it's, it wasn't that we needed to buy pillows for a thousand beds. It was just that we needed the feedback to find out. And, and what we found out very quickly, we would call the people, right? Because we had a 48 hour requirement. We would find out very quickly, hey, Zach loves down pillows, right? Zach John doesn't. He likes the more hardcore ones, foamy ones. And so it's, let's solve it. Let's just add a couple different variety of pillows and people can pick and choose. And that was it. So when you, and by the way, I'm a down feather pillow kind of guy. So when I go in hotels and don't have it, I get so mad. <laughs> Dude, I am. And what's funny when you say this, I am the guy that wants the thinnest. Oh, you're sick. It's you the are thinnest, a but it's a down pillow, a down pillow that is flat and thin. I don't like the big puffy ones. You are, you're the problem with, with people at hotels for God's sake. Zach, what kind of pillow do you like? I have those like memory foam cooling ones. Of course. But they're firm. I don't know. I like them like that. I don't like the little thin pillows. John, he went and did research to which one was the coolest. And then cost-wise, which one would break down to the least amount of money to the end of the year. And if I buy it in bulk, which one can I get for my kids? (laughs) No, not this time. This time it was the mattress guy got increased his revenue by increasing his average ticket sale on me. <laughs> Don't talk to mattresses about this, John. Anyways, gentlemen, believe it or not, holy crap, we have only gotten to three of these key points. We've been on this podcast for an hour and 20 minutes. So I think what we need to do is obviously come back next week, kind of finish. Next week, we promised our intro to stay a little bit more down. Big shout out to Joel out there, Michael. Janie is saying that pillows are keys to hotel. I agree 100%. That was a big pain point right there. Joel, big shout out. And then, by the way, Michael says, I agree with John. He likes the thin pillows. Maybe I'm the weird guy, John. Maybe I'm the weird guy because my kids are like... Mom, I fight over one pillow. There's this one pillow that is, it is the pillow. And you guys fight over it? She just happens to sneak it away and keep it away from me so I don't see it. Somehow I sleep with it and then it's gone. You know what I mean? And I'm like... (laughs) No, no. Uh, I'm the type that I have my pillow. Nobody can touch my pillow. It's mine. So no sneaking. So anyways, so guys, let's do this. Let's take our final word from our sponsors. When we come back, we will get your final thoughts. Welcome back, everybody, to the Pool Nation live podcast. If you see the face that I made, I was dumb enough to do a run and turn and my knee just snapped. And boy, does that hurt. Oh, Oh, that was bad. Anyways. Gentlemen, I just, I I forget that I had this knee surgery over here and it's like, anyways, Mr. Zacharias, let's get some final thoughts. I think we talked about some important things today and I was even writing notes throughout it because my mind just doesn't stop. So as you guys are talking about these things and even as I'm talking about these things, it gets me really thinking about what can we put in place here? Something like the comic card, is there something more proactive that we could be doing to get this feedback or can we put a time frame like on the complaints that you would get and make sure that we have goals in place to have quicker turnaround if a customer has a complaint or concern? So I hope everyone tuning in was able to get a nugget out of this or at least get the wheels turning on some of these things. And other than that, I have to now go face the faucet and hopefully I don't end up making this a much bigger problem. Uh, you're in the doghouse for the weekend. What are you talking about? Good Lord. 
it's going to be Sunday and I'm going to be sending pictures of still trying to figure this faucet out. He's going to be video calling me and John going, Hey, so how do I do this? How do I, by the way, they're making fun of us over here. Cause it's like, that's hilarious. Staying on point, like us staying on point. Right. Cause I said, well, you have to stay. We did pretty good. <laughs> Minutes into it. Dude, really? <laughs> How many things do we have to go? We got three things off the list. I was thinking like, this is going to be part five coming up here in the next few weeks. Yeah. And then we only cover, only cover three of them. We got through three questions or three. But they were good ones. They were really good ones. Yeah. And needed. And I think, to be honest, I think we could have actually talked a lot more. And as far as like revenue and cost and satisfaction, I was like, there's so much more I can add to that and talk about right now. But I think you guys would kill me if I kept talking because Zach needs to fix a faucet. So John, final thoughts. No, look, this is awesome. Again, this is my bread and butter, right? This is what I love to do and talk about. And I enjoy, I I love bantering back and forth with you guys as well. And I like how over the years where this is, I remember the first days of us doing our podcast, right? And how it was. And at me, it was like, dude, I'm, I'm chill in that with, if, if I'm comfortable about a topic, I feel good talking about it. If I don't, then I won't talk about it or I'll research to try to understand it and gain experience in it. And then I'll speak on it. Cause the last thing I want to do is say something that's wrong or misguide somebody or, or look like an idiot. And I, I just, that's just my, my personality. And the whole thing of podcasting was really new to me. I've never done that before. So boy, I was at, when we first started, I was very like, okay, I want to make sure I'm doing this, doing that, whatever I'm saying, this, saying that, writing stuff down, my thoughts, little keyword stuff. And just looking back, it just, to me, I enjoy it. I hope our, our, maybe this is where we need to do comment cards to our listeners, right? And to our customers out there and say, hey, look, this is fun because it's really comfortable that we're getting into the lives and minds of us three and how things, I think it humanizes us and it adds like a separate type of, I don't know, piece to it that is missing when it's all just strictly business, right? When you're just only talking about this or that or whatever, you lose that connection, that human connection or that friendship that I feel even talking to you guys, obviously we're great friends, but each and every one of our listeners and all the people that listen to us and talk to us, I think of them all as friends. And I, I love to get to know them and what they do. It'll make some tick in their lives and stuff like that, because that helps build a relationship between us. And it just makes it more comfortable talking because I am, believe it or not, an introvert. And I don't really, this is not my thing. But for the people that I do know and do like to talk to and, and the, I do consider my friends, I have no problem yapping. If they ask me a question, right, I'll give them my opinion and like, boy, I can keep talking and talking, but if I don't know you, I won't talk. So maybe we'll do a comment card, Edgar, to all our peeps and see if this is what they like, or if they want us to just get straight to business. But I enjoyed this. I think there's a lot of great information in this. I'm looking forward to the next podcast that we're going to be doing. This is going to be what, two of 434 to get through in order to get through all the topics, but it'll be well worth it. Zach, look at that comment right there. Look at the screen. Look at the screen. DM me if you need help with that process. <laughs> I'm going to have a group phone call and chat going. And, uh, and By the way, John, I just want you to know that I've been corrected by Janie twice today. Twice. You're screwing up, bro. The first time she corrected you wasn't for the, I don't think for the Leslie, I think it was because you said that you agreed that we're both going to be gone by the time we're around 60 years old or something like that. And I think oh, that, oh, so she doesn't care about Zach. She just cared about us. <laughs> I think she's going to, I'm going to live way past 81. And she said, bite your tongue. And- oh, so, uh, so Janie, are you mad at me now because of that? 
you mad at don't be mad at me don't be mad at me <clears throat> and then the other now i was playing they have a little holiday font and i put the little holiday font on the screen and she goes hey that looks really cool but you need reading glasses for it it's, it's a change it back editor. Look, here, i'm gonna say it again I, she said I, I love i love janie right to death right be, be nice don't get in the doghouse no i'm gonna say don't it. get in the doghouse because look, this is one thing about me, right? I might be getting old, but boy, dude, physically, and I have my hearing, my eyesight, stuff like that. I'm on point. I can tell, and I look at Janie, and I just have this big old grin on me, and I smile, and it's funny because obviously I don't wear glasses, and I look at it, and she, when she's reading papers now, right? You know what I mean? She's like, I don't know if you can see the, the thing, but she's like, I'm like, oh, poor baby. But why would you bring that up? Like, why would you bring that up on the podcast? Like, it I was a her. great episode. It's ready. And you're, you, dude. You, 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 you feel, look, because you're the same way too. I'm sure you were when you're looking at stuff and you're going back and forth. And I'm like, oh my God. But look, I got my glasses on because I don't have a choice. If she has glasses on too, but she, her glasses are to see far away far. yeah you know, she's she has to look at readers and stuff so she's going like that and i'm like oh i can just picture us old you know what i mean sitting there and she's i mean looking down like this yeah exactly yeah looking at her client on her recliner trying to read the paper or do something like that <laughs> with the flashlight on for the menu <laughs> that was not me that was john that was john so Lindsay, yeah. shout out to you out there Lindsay says that she does the same thing so shout out to you Lindsay, out there great info really appreciate you guys being on Mr. Zach, John, believe it or not, I got 10 minutes to go get Jaden. So um, we're going to have to yes, I gotta call go this Jayden. guy. <laughs> so anyways, hey, everybody, thank you for joining us today. Stay tuned. Come and join me and John next Wednesday on our Instagram live and have a great one. We'll see you on the other side. Bye, guys. See ya.